As you have moved, I'm right beside you, Lord. I'm running after you. I want to be where you are. I'm chasing you. I'm so in love. Captivated. I just can't get enough. I'll spend my days running after your heart. Your heart. Your heart. Father God, we bless and worship you. Have your way in our midst. May none of us live the same. Speak to us. May it not be of the letter, but of the Holy Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. In Jesus' name, amen. We may take our seats in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Good to see you all. Good to see Mark Austin. And to see some of the others, amen. You are blessed. Praise the Lord. Happy New Year. I, someone said Happy New Year to another, and the person said, it's past, I, I can't remember who did. It's past the first, so why are you saying Happy New Year to me? Well, we are still in January. I can't remember where, where this came from. Phoebe. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, last week we began to talk about a very important topic. Amen? We began to talk about 12 steps, yes, to 100% answered prayer. 12 steps. Now, many people feel that prayers don't really work. Or... Sometimes prayer works, sometimes prayer doesn't work. Some people feel that, look, I've prayed so many times for God to do certain things for me, and God did not do it. So I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that God is not going to do it for me. I'm confident that God is not going to do what I'm desperately needing. He's not going to do it for me. Or perhaps he might do it, maybe he might not. Hallelujah. But today, I want to guarantee you and guarantee myself that God is able to give 100% answered prayer. Hallelujah. So last week, we began to talk about 100% answered prayer, the steps to 100% answered prayer. Now, someone will say, ah, do you need steps to 100% answered prayer? You don't need steps to talking to your father unless he's high up. Most children don't need steps to talking to their father. But some people don't know how to speak to their parents. Hallelujah. Some people who are a bit far from their parents might not know exactly what to say or how to approach them. But our Heavenly Father, there are ways to approach him. For example, let us enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So we have the gates and then we have the courts where you have the audience of the king. 
So you enter into his gates. That's why we do praise and worship before. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So when you enter into his courts, then he, he has, you have his audience and then you can be able to relate with him and speak to him. Hallelujah. But there are also, so there is talking to my father. You don't always talk to your parents because you are looking for something. Hallelujah. So with God, we, we don't need to always talk to him because we need something. We, we don't need steps for that. But if you and I want something from God, we need steps. Hallelujah. Because we don't just want to, uh, some prayers to be answered, some prayers not to be answered. We want all prayers to be answered. Hallelujah. We want 100% answered prayer. Jesus said that when, when Lazarus was in, in the tomb, Jesus prayed and wanted the people to hear him pray. So he said, Father, I know you hear me and you answer all my prayers. But nevertheless, for the people's sake, I'm praying. Then he called, Lazarus, come forth. Hallelujah. So it's very clear that steps are important. Hallelujah. Now, the first step to 100% answered prayer is to learn how to pray yourself without needing anyone else to pray for you. Now, we talked a lot about that last week, so we are not going to say too much. This is just a recap. So it means that don't rely on another person. Oh, please, pastor, pray for me. Pastor, I'll pray for you. But the kind of prayer you might need for your situation is not one hour, uh, one hour 30 minutes prayer. Hallelujah. So... Or, my friend, please pray for me. No, that's not how it works. We can ask people to pray for us, but we need to learn how to pray for ourselves. I need to learn how to pray for myself. You need to learn how to pray for yourself. And then we can get other people to add on to our prayers. Amen. Because there's also a, the benefit of corporate prayer also. Amen. So, we talked about that last week. Number two, the second step to 100% answered prayer is pray to your heavenly father. And not to anyone else. John 16, 23. The Bible says, And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. For verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So, the second step to 100% answered prayer is pray to God the Father. Now, some people, I respectfully say this, or unrespectfully, however you want to call it. But at the end of the day, anyone who prays to anyone else apart from the Father has wasted their energy, breath, time. Pray to a saint, a saint you've wasted energy. You might as well have gone to play, watch a movie. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now someone will say, Mary is so revered. If we can pray to Jesus' Father, why can't we pray to Jesus' mother? Because the Bible didn't, Jesus never said we should pray to his mother. Follow what the Bible says. Now, I'm praying to the father. Now, his mother is also special. We know that the Bible says that she's special. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. As for Mary, she has a place that no one can take. In heaven, she will have a place as God's mother. Hey! God's mother. mother. Do, hallelujah. God's mother. We, he, she... She will ha he, how many are getting what I'm saying? Mary will have the place of God's mother that no one can take from her. No matter who it is, you cannot take that place from her because she's, she has a very high position. But that position 
does not warrant us praying to her to intercede for us. The Bible says, look at what does it say in 2 Timothy 2.15? Yes, sorry. Second, first Corinthians. No, sorry. First Timothy two five. For we have one God, one God, and one mediator or mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. One mediator, not two, not three. So if you and I don't do it the Bible way, it's not going to work. Because you and I must remember that God is bound by his word. And God has exalted his word above everything. So God is not going to change anything against his word. God is never going to change his word. If his word says something, nothing can change it. So if God's word says that you and I, we must pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, and we have only one mediator, nothing will change that. So, I always pray, and you and I can pray, Oh, Heavenly Father, Father God, our Father in heaven, we must pray to God, the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Number three, the third step to 100% answered prayer is to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, we also got that from John 16, 23, the same verse. Very, very, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, in my name, he may give it to you. Whatever you and I want, ask the Father in my name. So it means that those who pray, oh, Father in heaven, I pray for the house, I pray for this problem, amen, should have just said twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> because you and I, all, I only have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. You and I, it is only through Jesus Christ that we have access to the Father. And I shared some very nice, uh, uh, powerful things last week about the Holy of Holies, the holy place, the curtain being torn in two. Hallelujah. Because we did not have access to God, the Holy of Holies, to his throne room. We had no access, only once a year, with the blood of bulls and goats, until Jesus Christ died once and for all, for all. Once Jesus Christ died, the curtain was torn from top to bottom, proving that a man could not have done it because it was a very high uh, curtain, very high uh, ceiling. So being torn from top to bottom meant that it was God's hand that tore it when Jesus gave his last breath. Hallelujah. So this clearly means that we now have free access. So the Bible says, let us go boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain help and grace to find help in our time of need. Amen. Then the fourth we talked about is the fourth step to 100% answered prayer, which we talked about last week, is confessing your sins. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, 
He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. So the, the fourth step to 100% answered prayer is to confess your sins. Why? Because the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. So it is the prayer of a righteous person that makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. But if you've sinned, where is the righteousness coming from? But when you confess our sins, look at 1 John chapter 1. Let's start from verse 5. When we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and then to remove the unrighteousness. To cleanse us, to wipe us clean from that dirty mark of unrighteousness. So the Bible is saying, this is the message which we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness. No, no darkness no, 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 no mystery of, of, of sin and iniquity. No darkness in him. Or there's truth and there is darkness. There is truth and there is darkness. Now, when we are in Jesus Christ, then there is no darkness or untruth in him. Everything about him is true. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness or walk in not the truth, we lie and do not the truth. Now, what is the light? But if we walk in the light, what is the light? Just pause here and I'll just quote a verse. John chapter, who glory. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him, and without him was made nothing that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So, we, when we walk in the word, who glory to God, I said when we walk in the word, when we walk in the word, what is walking in the light? Walking in the light is walking in the word of God. Unless you say that we are walking in sunlight. When it's dark, then we are not walking with, there's no fellowship with God when there's sunlight. Or there is no fellowship with God when we put the light off. Is that what the Bible says? No. When we walk in the light, what is the light? He is light. The Bible says God dwells in unapproachable light. The Bible says that he wraps himself in what? Light. So there was a certain light that he was wrapping himself in before he created the universe. The light he wraps himself in cannot be what he created like the sun and all that stuff. He wraps himself in light. Oh, glory. Or does that mean that he was wrapping himself in something else before light? No. How many are getting what I'm saying? He wraps himself in light. So in, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, and the light shineth in the darkness. Remember we are talking about there's no darkness in him. Because the light op is in opposition with the darkness. In, in him was the light, and the light was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. The light of God's word is the only thing that can shine in everything dark. And who? I said, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness could not withstand the light. So the more of the word of God we have, the more light we have. And therefore, the more fellowship we have with God. The more fellowship we have with, we have with God and with his son, Jesus Christ. Going back to First John chapter 1 verse 6. The, how, how many are getting what I'm saying? So the less of the word you and I have, the less light we have. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. How are we going to do the truth when you are in darkness? When the word of God is the light and you are not walking in the word, then you are not walking in the truth. 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Who? Hallelujah. The word was beside God. The word was with God. The light was beside God. Who? Hallelujah. We have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us, to, 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 to wipe clean, cleanse us. We are in verse 9, please. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. Now let's go to come to this week. The fifth step. Who? Hallelujah. I don't know I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching me happy here. The fifth step to 100% answered prayer is to abide in Christ. Abide. John 15:7. To abide. Ajin, to abide. John 15:7. Now, someone will say, abide. What does abide mean? It means to remain. If ye remain in me, and my words remain in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Some people who feel they are trying to help God, who needs no help, will say, if ye remain in me, and my words remain in you, ye shall ask what you will according to God's will. That's not in the Bible. But trust me, there are many who say that. They add to the Bible. Of course, if God's word is in you and you are in him, your, what you are asking for will be his will because his will is always in you. His will will, that, will be that your pocketbook is not full of money. I'm sorry, it's not lacking money. Glory. <laughs> his will is that your, your, your pocketbook is full of money, which means your bank account. His will is that you and I are healthy. His will is that we are blessed. His will is that we are successful. Why? Because you can find scripture backing it. But at the end of the day, it is what you and I desire. If ye abide or remain in me, and my words abide or remain in you, you shall ask what you desire, what you will, what your desires are. Ask for your desires and it shall be done unto you. But there are many Christians who are praying, almost falling off. <clears throat> There's someone who said his shoulders were almost dislocated during a prayer session. Almost dislocated. You know how people are praying and shaking. But, but, but that's, not the, that, that, that's not what it's about. It's, it's, it's more than all the movement. The movement helps, but it is not the movement that is solving the problem. It is abiding in Jesus. He gave a promise. Whatever you desire, you will get if you remain in me and my words remain in you. So many of the, pro the promises in the Bible are conditional. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment, that shall condemn. Hey. But you've forgotten that it says that this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So that verse applies to servants of God. I tell you. Not everybody. Oh, I'm sad. 
Something happened. He broke my heart. She broke my heart. This happened. Oh, I'm sad. I lost everything. But I know. Romans 8, 28, I know. All things work together for good. No. Read, continue reading it. The condition is that to them that love God, to them who are the called, according to his purpose. There's a condition. Hallelujah. Amen. So, what does it mean to abide in Christ or to remain in Christ? Hallelujah. It means to stay, is because our 100% answered prayer is linked to abiding and remaining in Christ. So it means that you and I must be Christians. We must be solid, strong Christians who are continuing in Christ. John 8, 31 to 33, what does it say? We must be Christians who are remaining, continuing in Christ, still stickers for Christ, still solid in church, solid in Jesus Christ, identified as solid Christians, not wavering. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But these are those who were his disciples, who were continuing in him, who were continuing in him. I don't know whether I'm talking to somebody here. So you and I, we must be people who Christ sees as solid Christians, Christians who are unwavering, Christians who are solid in the church. Oh, I said solid in the church because that is what it means to remain in Christ. Jesus Christ is the, is, is the, what? the head of the church. Jesus Christ, the church is the body of Christ. You and I are body, the body of Christ. But all of us make up the body of Christ or the church. The universal church. I don't know whether I'm speaking to somebody. So if you and I are in Christ, it means something. The Bible says that when you and I are born again, the Holy Spirit comes, removes the old nature, and then puts in a new nature, and then baptizes us into Christ. Or baptizes us into the body of Christ, and we become a part of the body of Christ as born-again Christians. And then, we are also placed in the church as people who are Christians. The Bible says that the, 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 the church at Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So it means that the disciples who were in church, who were grounded in Jesus Christ, how can you be grounded in Jesus Christ without a church? Not possible. It's not possible because he's the head of the church. How can you be grounded in someone and not be in the place he's the head of? Not possible. And he is the savior of the body. When Jesus Christ comes during the rapture, who is he taking? He's coming for his church. Because his church is where his body is. The individual members are individual members of the body of Christ. So he's coming for the church. So if you, you and I are Christians and we are not solid in Jesus Christ, it's a problem. Now some might be offended with what I'm saying, but I'll say it a thousand times and I'll keep saying it. Anyone who does not believe that Jesus is the only way to God is not a Christian. Anyone who does not believe John 14, 6, which says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can go to or come to God the Father except through me. 
that person cannot be a Christian because they've called Jesus a liar. They, they've called our Lord and God a liar. Because the founder lied by, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to heaven or go to God except through me. And there are other ways than it's a liar. I was talking to uh, someone from another religion that believes in many gods. And the person was saying that, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand, pastor. There are many ways. We have this way. We have that way. We have this way. We have Christianity. And I said, pause here, please. If what you're saying is true, then Christianity should be taken out because the founder lied. Remove it. And the others are the truth. He was like, huh. But so far as heaven and hell, heaven and earth, universe, perpetuity, life, death, look, look, no matter what, the truth is Jesus. I said what? The truth, sure banker is Jesus. I was talking to someone on outreach yesterday, and I was telling them, they don't, said they don't believe in God. And I started to tell them that, look, this is somebody who is a historical figure, a true person who walked the earth. She started looking. True person who walked the earth, and there were many prophecies about him before he was born, and he fulfilled most of them. And this person was a true miracle worker who proved his, his divinity by miracles, signs, and wonders. And he died and he rose from the dead. I don't know I'm saying something to someone. So someone who doesn't believe that cannot get answered prayer. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. You cannot get answered prayer. You can't. Oh, he's one of the ways. What happens to all those who've never heard the gospel, those in other religions? Go to my YouTube or Facebook. I've talked about what happens to those who have never heard the gospel before. Very easy answer. It's all in the Bible. All in the Bible. What happens to those who've never heard the gospel before? I'll just give, make a statement. If you want more information, go there. I've gotten de- I have details for you. They will not go to heaven. They will go to hell. That's why Jesus said, go in there for and preach the gospel. If every single Christian were able to go in there for, there will be very few people who don't know Jesus. And there's scripture to back what I'm saying. What do you think? The next sixth step <clears throat> to 100% answered prayer is let the word of God abide in you. Who hallelujah to Jesus. Let the word of God abide or remain in you. What do you think? Because the 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 the, the what we just read, which is what? The fifth is that we must remain in Jesus Christ. Now, just before we continue, look at First John chapter 1, verse 7. You will see that there is a certain fellowship that gives us closeness with God. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We are remaining in each other. So the sixth is, the word of God must abide or remain in us. It means for the word of God to remain in you and I, it means we are reading the word of God on a regular basis. How can something remain in you? When you are doing exams, do you just read it once for it to remain in you? Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. 
You have to keep going over it over again, over and over and over again for it to remain in you. The word of God remains in us when we go through it over and over and over and over again. How else is the word of God going to remain in us? We must eat the word. We must read the word. We must read the word. We must listen to the word every time on a regular basis for his word to remain in us. No one just reads something once and then goes and passes the exam. Unless it's a mushroom uh, 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 course. You have to at least read it two, three, four, five times for it to remain in your mind. In the same way, for the word of God to remain in my mind and in your mind, we must read the word of God on a regular basis so that it's, it, it sticks. Study to show thyself approved unto God. We must study the word. We must, we must know the word so that when, 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 when we are being tempted or when we are going through a difficulty, we can apply the word. Peter and John didn't say, uh, 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 what, what, they, no, no, they didn't have any other thing to say. They said, silver and gold, I don't have it, but I'll give you what I have. I have the word. Oh, glory to God, I have the word. Someone else wanted to try it, sons of Sceva, and we know what happened to them. No time to go into that. The word. The word is our key to answered prayer. The word of God. God will direct us in our relationship with him and even how to pray. Now, when the word of God is in you and I, we will not pray foolish prayers. There are some foolish prayers to pray. Kill this person. This person has annoyed me, has upset me. Kill the person. This is my enemy. Kill my enemy. Instead of praying that God would uh, help your enemy and convert your enemy, you are praying that God should kill the enemy. Take him away. Pray because you want to brag or you want to, to, to destroy someone. You are praying that God makes you very rich so that you can have power to destroy someone. The Bible says that you, you last, you, you, in James, that you pray amiss. You pray to consume what your, your, the results are on your lustful desires. God is not going to give it to any of that. Ask any of that. We need to pray the word. But it is only when the word of God is in you and I that we will pray legal prayers. We will pr even if God is not intending to give it to us because we have the word. And we can find scripture backing what we are praying for. We have a solid foundation for answered prayer and God will have to give us what we have asked for. I thought you put your hands together for Jesus. Psalm 119 verse 133. Psalm 119 verse 133. Psalm 119 verse 133. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Order my steps in your word. Order my steps in your word. Our steps need to be ordered and guided by the word of God. Our steps need to be ordered. I don't know whether you are hearing me, Matilda. 
Our steps need to be guided and ordered by the word of God. Because it is in allowing the word of God to guide our steps that we are protected. Because the word of God will tell you not to go here because there's trouble here. The word of God is relevant for our past, present, and future. Hallelujah. The logos of the word of God is the entirety of the word of God. The rhema is a section of the word that applies to you. Ooh, glory. In this given time. And when God gives it to you and I, it is a powerful thing. I said what? It is a powerful thing. And we can stand upon it for answered prayer. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Am I preaching to somebody? That which was from the beginning. This word beginning is before time. Before time. Because time started. There was a time that there was no time. And time began. God started time. There was, there was a time that there was no time. We'll go into that another time. Okay, I've said it many times in the past, but people will definitely have forgotten. So we'll go into it again later. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. So John the Revelator is saying that what was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested or made visible unto us. So what is this? The word of God, let's go back to verse 1. We can hear the word. We can see the word with our eyes. We can look upon the word. Because when you look upon the word, you look on Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You can look upon the word so deeply that you are looking at Jesus. Even if it's the Old Testament. Even if it's the book of Esther. Whichever book it is. You can look upon the word of God. And you can, you, you can behold Jesus. Your hands will be able to handle the word of life. That's why Peter and John said, look, I don't have silver or gold. But I can give you the word I have. In the name of the word of God, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. But if you and I don't have the word, it will be unfortunate. Now let me give you the key that nails the board. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. If his word abides in us. So it means that if you and I read the Bible from time to time, and we don't have scriptures in our hearts, not in our minds, in our hearts, then we cannot be guaranteed this verse, John 15, 7, will apply to us. Because the condition is abide in him and his word abides. Now, many people abide in Jesus, but many people don't allow his word to abide in them because they don't read the word much longer or they don't read the word enough. And if you don't read the word enough, if I don't read the word enough, it cannot remain in me. Because to remain in me means that the word is rich in me. I read the word, I'm able to understand it, and I keep getting more and more and more, even if I don't remember where the verse is. We are not talking about quoting 
all the time. We are talking about the word in you and I so richly that we can even say it without even saying verse this, verse this. Because when Jesus was looking for, the Bible says when he entered the synagogue and he opened the book and he found where it was written in Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the verses were given to us for context. But when they were writing it, there were no verses. So, so far as you can quote the Bible, but it's good to not say very, very, I say unto you is in the, the, it's in the letters of the epistles. Very, very, I say unto you has to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. But even a pastor was being in, uh, examined. A pastor was being examined, and then one of the scriptures was very, very, I say unto you, which one? So they'll give you John, they'll give you uh, James, they'll give you Peter, and then he chose one of the others and not the gospel. And, okay, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now, this check it out. Now, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? The will of God is the word of God. What is a will? The, a will is a, 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 a will and testament. A will is what someone has written for you as his will for your life. So, Sorry? Desires, but a will, so, so the will of God is the word of God. Because God's word is his will. How many get what I'm saying? Because the word of God is God's telling us about our past, present, and future, and his will for mankind. His will for the individual. His testament it's similar to actually, it's actually similar to going to court and writing your will. When you go to court and you write your will, it says your will and testament. New will or new testament. The, God's old will and God's new will. God's old testament and God's new testament. Now, when the will is written, there needs to be signatures. And God the Father and the Holy Spirit were the, the, the people who were witnesses. It's all in First John were witnesses to it. And then the person has to die for the will to be in force. Who? Hallelujah to Jesus. And the Bible explains it in the, in, in, in the letters that Jesus Christ had to die for the will to be in force and then he rose from the dead to ensure, oh, hallelujah, to guarantee that the will is done and, it's, and you and I have his will. Hallelujah. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask Anything according to his will, he heareth us. Let me say it in another way. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his word, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. This is different from answered prayer. No. It's no an answer. No is an answer. But the petitions, what we've asked him, we receive what we've asked Hundred percent. So God is telling us that look, we should have confidence. This is the confidence that we have in God. That if we ask Him anything according to His will or His word, if you can find scripture backing what you are praying for, you have a solid foundation for faith. God, you did this for this person. Your word is not a lie. You're doing it for me, please. In Jesus' name. <laughs> 
according to his will. According to his will. But the will of God is the word of God. So if the word of God is not abiding you, what are you going to ask him? What are you going to stand on? What scripture are you standing on and am I standing on for answered prayer? Oh God, do this for me. Which scripture are you basing it on? There's a difference between praying without scripture and praying with scripture. God said, bring my, my, my word to me. Bring my word to see if I uh, improve me. Bring my word to me and prove me if I will not do it. So God has made it clear that we can bring his word back to him. Lord, your word says this. Therefore, God, I'm asking you for it because your word says this. But if you are not remaining in him, how are you going to do that? Someone who doesn't know the Bible, who reads the Bible early in church and then takes the daily bread and just rushes through it. Ha, ha, I'm, when the time comes, oh God, do this. Are you not going to turn to the daily bread, to the chapter, the verse? There's no time. <laughs> there's no time to do that. You got to get the word in. The word. The word. Okay, there's too much to be said about that, but I want to get to the eighth. We are doing five, six, seven, eight. Number seven. Who glory? The seventh step to 100% answered prayer is obey the commandments of the Lord. 1 John 3, 20 to 23. No, okay, 20 to 22. And I'll read 23 later on. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20 to 22. For if our heart condemn us, I talked about this last week. I will not start again. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. And knoweth all things. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, because God is greater than our heart and has sorted it out for us, where our hearts are no longer condemning us, then have we confidence toward God. Continue. So if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Hallelujah. And whatsoever we ask, we receive. This is another one. Ask, receive versus ask, no. Didn't Apostle Paul ask uh, God, take the, uh, the, the thorn in the flesh three times and Jesus said, don't worry about that. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Chill out. <laughs> but rather... Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You hold on. Don't go to verse 23. That will be the nail on the board. <laughs> who glory to God. Hallelujah. God answers the prayer of people who obey him. If you are living a life of disobedience, God will not honor your prayers. He cannot. It is clear that God answers the prayers of righteous people because a righteous person, who, hallelujah, become a righteous person and God will answer your prayers. Now, this verse is saying that if we ask God for anything, let's go, oh, please, the 23 was not supposed to be read now, but that's fine. But 22, thank you, but nevertheless, and if we ask him, and whatever, whatever means anything. Whatever means anything. 
or it means something else. Whatever we ask, we receive. Oh, may you and I receive whatever we ask. But what is the condition? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, his commandments are what we know. What are his commandments? I'll give you two verse, I'll give you a verse and then we'll go to verse 23. John 13, 34 and 35. Hallelujah, Jesus. A new commandment, but it is an establishment of the old or a fulfillment of the old. So the new commandment is actually found in Deuteronomy. I mean, it's found in, in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. A new commandment that about loving God and loving yourself, your neighbors as yourself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. So, loving each other is the commandment. Romans 13, 8. Owe no man anything. It means owe no man anything. But to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Love. Now let's slip back to 1 John chapter 3 verse 23. And this is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ. And love one another. As he gave us commandment. But remember the Bible says... And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, the condition for receiving whatever you ask is keeping the commandments and pleasing him. Then he goes on to explain what the commandment is that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gives us commandment. Oh, God is not answering me. Keep his commandments, love one another, and please him, and believe in the name. As for the name, I've talked about it before. If I start it, we will not get to this, the eighth point. Because I love the name. There is power in the name. The name. Not as a full stop. Not as, as an end to a prayer. Oh, in Jesus' name. Oh, in, no, 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 no. It's deeper than that. I've talked about it before. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Or I encourage us to all go through and look for it. Hallelujah. I've talked extensively about the name, the precious majestic name of Jesus. That name is so powerful that it's the key that unlocks every door. It's the key that unlocks every door. Every door. When the name of Jesus is mentioned, the silent uh, look, every the attention is on his name. What do you think? Hallelujah to Jesus. So, definitely, when you and I are doers of his word, when you and I keep his commandments, then our prayers are answered hands down. What do you think? Now, look at James chapter 5, verse 16. As we conclude the seventh point and move to the eighth point. All these things, there's a lot to be said about it, but I want to finish. You, you can spend 
weeks on just one point. Confess your faults one to another. And I'm sure you know what I'm going to say. I've said it so many times. Confess your faults one to another. They'll broadcast it ablaze on CNN and, and uh, MSNBC. You, let, you, broadcast, you, you confess your faults to fellow Christians. Hey! hey. They are taking it on CNN. <laughs> you might as well go on CNN and just say what you want to say. Oh, Christians. We should be able to keep people's secrets. Keep things Keep things. When someone tells you something and says, you know what, I'm, I have this fault. I have this struggle. Please pray with me. Keep it. L- let it be your bond. Keep it. Let nothing change it. But, oh, Christians, hey, I will tell you a secret. Don't tell anyone. Then the person will tell, that then, oh, wow, I'll pray with you. Then this person, my best friend, I'm telling you a secret. Don't tell anyone. Then that other person, my best friend, then everybody finds out because everyone's best friend will be linked. <laughs> and everyone knows. That's, that's what happens. So even your best friend, you don't tell. It's different from loyalty that's not withhold information. That's also another key that's critical. Because without that, people can be destroyed. If there's someone who is, 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 is destroying their lives, or, or going off, or depressed, or wanting to kill themselves, or whatever it is. And then they tell you, and you just pray about it, and say, don't worry, I'll pray about it. And you don't tell the pastor who can help the person in prayer or counseling. Then if whatever happens to them, it will be on your hands. <laughs> Glory. Because... If God knew that the pastor could have solved the problem and the pastor was not made aware and you tried to solve it and it ended wrong, you'd be asked about it. What if the pastor sleeps? (laughs) The pastor is not supposed to sleep. Unfortunately, it can happen from time to time. (laughs) As for me, I always say it. My mother is also like that. For me, when someone tells me something, I always tell them, make sure you don't tell anyone. And then maybe later on, someone will come and tell me, Pastor, have you heard? A Chloe will tell me that, Pastor, have you heard? And I'll, I'll, I'll not say much about it. Then I'll know that I'll tell the person that, look, as for me, before I say it, I always tell the person that, don't tell anyone anything. If it's out there, you told someone. You told someone I didn't. You told someone. I didn't tell the person. You did. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and I'll ask, who have you told? Oh, I told this person. Thank you. Sir? That was the cancer that destroyed everything. <laughs> Don't do that. So anyway, we are talking about confess your faults. Confess your faults one to another. It's still important because it's a scripture. So just confess your faults to the one, the, the person you need to. Hallelujah. Everyone needs someone to confess your faults to. Because the Bible says so. 
even though there are disadvantages to that. So just make sure that the person who you are confessing to will not broadcast it ablaze on CNN. Otherwise, why don't you just go on CNN and just speak? <laughs> Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. So after confessing, there should be prayer. But someone will say, oh, I'll pray for you. And So anytime someone tells me, please, can you pray for me? Immediately I start praying. Otherwise, it would be, I'll forget it and I'll not even say a word. Oh, can you pray for me about this? I'll just start praying immediately. And pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent, not this effectual event is not No, that's not effectual event. No. Effectual fervent. Oh God, in Jesus' name, I pray. Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The amplified. Do you have amplified? Let me figure out why it's not. Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that ye may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working oh glory to god did somebody hear that dynamic in its working it means that the the the, the effectual heartfelt prayer of a righteous person makes tremendous power there's so much power in it power in it when it is heartfelt and the person is righteous so satan tricks many people into saying that this verse doesn't apply to you because you're not righteous you sinned yesterday but I have good news for you. Hey, I said, oh, glory. I said, I have good news for you. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 3, and then 23 and 24, for time's sake. King James, thank you. Great job. Great job. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him or credited to him for righteousness. Okay, so just that. Oh, beautiful. Okay, and then verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake alone. Read the whole uh, uh, from 3 to 24 later on. Now it was not credited for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Before I get to the next verse, hell thrives on good people. What do I mean by that? Someone who is good in their own rights and not by the righteousness of God, hell loves them. Hell awaits them. Await. Because you and I are not going to go to heaven because of how good we are. We are going to go to heaven because of our faith in Jesus Christ. 
our right uh, we are going to go to faith because of our righteousness but it's not our righteousness let me say it i am at the peak of righteousness i'm at the highest level of righteousness in fact joel i cannot be more righteous than i am right now i'm so righteous I'm, I'm super righteous i'm at the peak of righteousness what do you think do you agree i who aaron i said i'm super righteous why because it is Jesus' righteousness, not mine. And no one's righteousness can I see Jesus' righteousness. So if I say I'm at the peak of righteousness, it is very important to say that because it is not my righteousness. My righteousness, I'll fall down flat. It's not my righteousness. It's Jesus' righteousness. My righteousness is like filthy rags before God. But if Jesus' righteousness has been given to me, and Jesus, who is God, has the highest level of righteousness, no one's righteousness can exceed Jesus' righteousness, and his righteousness has been given to me as a free gift, then I'm super righteous. I'm bragging on Jesus, not me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Romans 10, it will tell us, explain it further on how to get faith. Romans 10, 9 and 10. For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. We are righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. We are righteous by faith in Jesus Christ. It means someone who committed murder yesterday, who's repented and asked God for forgiveness, and is a Christian, myself and him, equally righteous. The same. We need to live righteous lives, but our righteousness does not come from our living our righteous lives. That one day we are feeling. That's why I said health thrives on good people. A good person, if you are good in the Lord, if you, are, you, you, you have goodness because of your righteousness in Jesus Christ and Jesus helping you to be good, who you have a first class ticket as usual. But if I'm a good person, you are going down. I say you are going down hard. <clears throat> a good person. <laughs> no good person is going to heaven. <clears throat> but a person who is good because of Jesus So the Bible is saying that the one who has faith in Jesus Christ, the one who has faith in God, the one who believes unto righteousness, that person, their prayers are effectual, fervent, their effectual fervent prayer makes tremendous power available. The person who has faith in Jesus Christ, not the perfect person, but the person who has faith in Jesus Christ, when they pray, results happen. But of course, they have to live righteous lives. What do you think? But you can have someone who is living a righteous life, who is living a righteous life fully by the law and bound by the law, trying his best and will fail, of course, but trying versus somebody else or not doing the big things. And you have someone who is, oh, weak, sleeping here and there, and pushing strong, and, okay, one week, ten months, okay, I've not done, smoked, or I've not done whatever, and is relying on Jesus for his righteousness. That person has a better ticket than the other. Because they are back to the law. I'm talking about the person who is in the law, who is, who, who is bound by the law, who is trying to, 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 to earn their righteousness through how good they are. We'll talk about that another time. We're talking about prayer. How many are getting what I'm saying? 
So you and I, we must live righteous lives, but our righteousness is by faith in Jesus Christ. So it means that every born-again Christian, every born-again Christian who has faith in Jesus Christ, as God manifested in the flesh, as, as God himself, Jesus Christ is the second person of the Godhead. Not, that, not any other thing. Believe that Jesus Christ is God. He's God's son. He came down, died on the cross for our sins. His blood was shed for us. On the third day, God raised him from the dead. That person, because of that faith, when they pray, tremendous power is available and action takes place. Finally, the eighth step. How many are getting what I'm talking about? Thank you. The eighth step to 100% answered prayer. How many are waiting for the eighth step? The eighth step to 100% answered prayer is be a fruit-bearing Christian. Be a fruit-bearing Christian. John 15, 16. Thank God for... Uh, 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 bishop who has taught us about everything must have a verse. Which verse are you standing on? Some people, I've realized that many people, many people, I've realized it. Devil has taken many people off because they have heard someone say something and they've not proved it in the Bible. So many people are cut off the life of God because they've heard heresies or heard so many false things from people. And they've not proved it by the Bible. But everything must have a verse. And it must make sense. I was debating with some people and about Jesus, something about Jesus, and I give verses. And the people were mechanical. So when I give the verse, then the person will write the verse and then pour out uh, 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 commentaries about other things and not address the verse. Because they are robots. Because they, they, they've heard something from someone and it made sense to them. The fact that it makes, it makes sense does not mean it is right. The carnal mind and the spiritual mind, the fact that it makes sense does not make it right. Does it make sense for God in heaven to come and die? Why? Why did he have to die? Of course, we have the answer, but still... He could have sent someone, but he wanted to do it himself. The best. The blood of God. Hallelujah. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This is also another answered prayer. Because this is saying that whatever you ask God the Father in my name, he will give it to you. That's different from he will say that, no, my grace is sufficient. No, I can't give it to you. He will give it to you. I said what? He will give it to you. A car, he will give it to you. A house, he will give it to you. A, 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 a job, he will give it to you. A husband, he will give it to you. A wife, he will give it to you. Children, he will give it to you. But the key is 
fruit bearing that remains. God has linked answered prayer to fruit bearing. If you and I are born again Christians, the only reason why we are being kept alive is to so that we can bear fruit. Now, if you think about it, what is the essence of life now on earth for the Christian? Someone asks Bishop, why don't you, if heaven is so nice, why don't you just die and go to heaven? Because there are certain good works that you and I must fulfill on earth. You and I have certain good works. We have a purpose on earth. And that purpose is not to build Ramses and Pito, uh, 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 treasure cities. Our purpose on earth is not to build the kingdom of this world, which will, become not, which will come to not eventually. But of course, we need to work hard so that we can have a good livelihood. I'm not working hard. I don't trust in the worldly riches. I don't trust in all that because it will come to an end. The Bible says the kingdom of this world, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. All will be smashed to zero. And then it will only be God's kingdom that remains. And when that happens, what happens to all the labor? I'm proudly saying because I'm someone who knows how to work when I have to, when I'm working in, at work. I can work till 4 or 5 a.m. with no problem, smooth. But as I'm working, I know in my heart that the, the, it, the real work is what I need to do for God. That, that, that is the work. That is my purpose on earth. Because when I die, everything I've done on the earth, when you go to heaven, I'm not going to say, oh, clap for him, clap for him, the angels clap. Uh, uh, clap for her, clap for him. They were CEO or they were members of the board or, or they got this amount of money for their, their, their work. Is that what God is going to say? How long can we be at our position? Give it 90 years, you die still. So what really matters, the purpose of our lives is not for work. But our purpose is to do the good things that God created for us long ago. Nevertheless, we need to live, we need to work to live to fulfill our purpose. Let me say that again. We need to work hard to earn good money, to live well, to continue to perform our purpose for why God called us. But those who make our jobs, our life's purpose would regret painfully one day that one you can count you can take that to the bank i'm talking about life's purpose i'm not saying working hard i work hard at work but it's not my life's purpose as i'm working hard i'm trying my best to do well and to excel but it is not my life's purpose if we put our love and our treasure and our everything in our jobs one day we will we will regret we'll see had i known because that's not why we were brought into this world. We were not brought into this world for that. But we need to still work hard. But as we're working hard, having it in mind, our purpose on earth. What do you think? Our purpose on earth. You and I have a place in heaven after we are born again. What else do we need? Earthly treasures are transient and useless. That's why Apostle Paul said, look, all the things I've lost, I do count them as dung. As dung. Just so that I may apprehend, I can just get Christ. Earthly treasures are transient. We must believe it. One thing that many Christians do not know is that God has linked bearing fruit to answered prayer. What fruit are we bearing? What fruit are we bearing? 
Hmm? Some people just know how to say, give me, give me, give me, give me. But what are we contributing to God's kingdom? Let's do something for God. Let's do something for God. Look at John 15, 8. Let's do something for God. Am I preaching to somebody? Herein is my father glorified. Many people feel that God is glorified when we have a car. Yes, he is. God is glorified when we get many good things. When you see the Bible, we can't escape that. But his greatest glorification comes when we bear fruit. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Look at this in NLT. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings glory, great glory to my father. So it means that the proof that we are true disciples is that we bear much fruit. So ladies and gentlemen, let's bear fruit. We don't want to have our ideologies or ideologies of certain pastors or ideologies of, I mean, even what I'm saying is not true. Don't listen to it. Don't, 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 don't believe something because someone said it. Big mistake. Don't believe something because a person or a pastor has said it. Believe it because when they said it, you went to search the scriptures and you were able to prove what they said. And the Bible is saying that you and I, we, are, we glorify God when we bear much fruit. Now, if you and I glorify God, why would he not give us what we are looking for? Jesus said, if, Jesus said you have not chosen me. John 15, 16. No, yeah. But I have chosen you. And I have appointed you that you should go. I chose you, God is saying. And I appointed you to go and bring forth fruit. I, I appointed you, go and bring forth fruit. Just make sure your fruit remains. Of course, there's inward and outward fruits. Inward fruits of the Holy Spirit. And outward fruit, when you read the context of many of the things just said, he was talking about what the fruits, the works. What, what, what fruits? Do we have and are our fruits remaining? Are our, our, our fruits constant? Are our, our, our fruits lasting? Do we continue in our fruits? Is it sustained? Look at Hebrews, the, the last verse before we close, unless God slips one in. Hebrews 6, 10. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which he has showed towards his name, in that he have ministered to the saints and do minister. Look at it in NLT. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Fruit remain. Convert remain. Can someone point to you and say that you encourage them to be a convert, new Christian, that you led them to Christ? I know at least some of us. You see it. Sister Emma led, has led so many people to Christ. Not only her, the number of people. Many of us have led people to Christ. Have you? You have. Have you? Let's have more fruit. More fruit. Lasting fruit. And when we ask, because we are... We are fruit bearers, and God is pleased. When we ask him for something, he'll do it for us. 
when you please someone and they ask you for anything, well, I mean, imagine you've pleased someone and you ask that person for anything, they will give it to you easily because you are pleasing them. You are doing what they want. You are doing what they want. But if you don't please them, they are not obliged or obligated to do it for you. May you and I bear fruit. I said, may you and I bear fruit. What's the first? Know how to pray for yourself. Number two, pray to God the Father. Number three, pray in the name of Jesus. Number four, confess your sins. Number five, five, abide or remain in Jesus. Number six, let the word of God remain or abide in you. Number eight, obey the commandments of the Lord. And number eight, be a fruit-bearing Christian. So God bless you all. May we receive 100% answered prayer. Shall we stand to our feet and just ask God to speak to us? Yes, Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you hon honor. Wonderful Jesus. Ask God to touch your heart, to cause you to do these eight things, to take these eight steps, these eight steps, these eight steps. Oh God, the eight steps. Ask the dear, the eight steps. As the deer panted for the water, are we going to sing that song once? Yes. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longer than to thee. You alone are my heart desire and I long to worship you. Ask the dear one more time. Sing it to the Lord. As the dear panted for the water so my soul longer than to thee. You Desire and I long to worship thee. You alone, you alone are my strength and my shield. To you alone, may my spirit yield. You Desire and I long to work. You alone, one more time. You alone, you alone are my strength and my shield. To 
you alone may my spirit yield you alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you Father God we thank you for each and every one of us who are listening we pray oh God that you give us all the grace to walk in these eight steps not only because of answered prayer because those steps will please you those are the things you require of us may we walk in these eight steps may we walk in your word may we walk in the light of your word may we love you may we worship you in Jesus name whilst we are praying if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are watching. You are in church or you are watching through social media and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know in your hearts that you are far away from God. You know that if you die today, you do not know whether you would go to heaven or hell. I want to guarantee you that if you give your life to Jesus Christ, you would go to heaven. It is a first step indeed. And then we take our journey of faith. If you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Then repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins. I believe that He died. I believe that God, his, his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Just before I, we continue, God bless you all on social media. I want to say we love you. We want to say that Jesus Christ loves you. His blood was shed for you. And if he, God did not spare Jesus for us, anything we are looking for he will give to us 100% answered prayer believe in these steps walk in these steps and receive 100% answered prayer god bless you shalom shalom amen